In the name of Jesus, amen. Today, the Christian faith is practiced with a heavy emphasis on the individual rather than a community, a body of believers. From churches that are full of thousands upon thousands of people to various radio stations and talk programs about the Bible, Christians are told, emphasized, to focus on their relationship with God, their personal relationship with God. And very rarely are they told to talk about their neighbor's needs around them. The larger and larger churches get less inclined to be those kinds of churches that take care of the needs of the people sitting in the seat next to you on your right or your left. Maybe they help the community at large. But how is it that you can truly call a family of 10 or 15,000 people your brothers and sisters when you don't necessarily know every one of them? I had a lady who I served in Charlotte who was tired of being at a smaller Lutheran church and she simply told me one day, I want to go someplace else. I want to go to a larger church that offers more things. I want to go so that I can simply be lost amongst the people. People, Peter says tonight, you people are living, not dead. You are living stones, he says, being built up together into a spiritual house on the foundation which is Christ Jesus the cornerstone. This is not a new teaching for us here tonight, but it is a challenging one, especially in our day and age. Our day and age values rugged individualism. It stresses self-sufficiency and treasures self-definition and achievement as perhaps never we have found before. This is all given to us by the gift of technology, which we love, but it has created a weird sort of activity to happen for us today. Technology has made our world smaller, and yet the distances between your next-door neighbor and you seem never greater. We can save hundreds of thousands of dollars by having something online versus traveling for business, we can have hundreds and thousands of virtual friends and followers online, and yet we wouldn't know them if they showed up to our front door. The neighborhood church used to be a place of gathering and socialization, but now it is the chat room, websites, video interaction, and more. I'm not even going to mention the dreaded Zoom meetings. The world has never had as many people as we have now, and yet people have never been so alone. Peter tonight in his second chapter, 1 Peter talks about unity. And he, sees, he says that this exceeds whatever divisions we find in this world, however divided we can become because of the devil. He says that our unity is found in Christ. He says tonight that we are members of his body, joined to him through water and the word, forgiven of our sins, promised of the resurrection of the body, and to be given a new life in him. But Peter also provides this image for you. You are a building, a temple, in which you are a living stone. Last Friday, we hosted the Cantor Eye from our seminary in Fort Wayne. 
They were wrapping up their tour of various places in Texas and Louisiana, and this was their only stop in Arkansas, and they were utterly fascinated with our building. They were walking inside, staying out of the snow, but they had a bunch of questions about the building in general, primarily the architecture and primarily about the stones. They had not seen a church quite like this on their tours. And I tried to give them a little bit of the story as much as I've kind of heard it, I think I may know it, about how this congregation, when it built this church, went after church and found these stones in a quarry and brought them over and they have been placed by the congregation on the side of this building. I'm sure you probably will clarify that with me after the service. But it really made an impact for these men to hear about this, that this congregation put this place together with their own hands, with the sweat and with the might of moving these rocks. I'm sure if we had some people who were here when, that build, when this building was built, they could probably point to one or two rocks that they remember carrying over from the quarry. Peter says that you and I are a building, a living building of living stone. Think about that for a moment. It means that you've been put here by the builder, Jesus Christ. You fit right here. And you stand on the shoulders of the ones who have come before you, the people who built this place all the way back in the late 40s. The husbands, the wives, the children, the Sunday school teachers, the pastors, we all stand on their shoulders today, and we are here today to support one another as a community and to support and nurture the faith for those who will come after us as well. You stand and you sit side by side with those next to you who are stones as well. Yes, some of us have pointy edges, our rough spots, our cracks, our holes, our bumps, and all kinds of imperfections. It does not matter. We all have them. They are different than you, and yet we are one in this place, this building of Christ, his church. And without you, there would be a hole in our foundation. You truly do matter to the life of this church. It may not always seem like it. You may be one of those smaller stones or older as not as strong or maybe not as beautiful and wealthy as some of the other stones that are around us, but you matter here because God has placed you here, both you and the other stones here. And there are other stones to be added to the building. You're here for them too. And so you'll notice what Peter says here tonight, that what we do, we don't do as individuals. We do this together as a family. What we do, we do together as a congregation. And what we do impacts others, whether we realize it or not. And so Peter spends the second half of this chapter here tonight spelling out some of how that is found in us, in how we live for others and why. Just like last week, it's not going to be easy. Peter has heard of other Christians scattered throughout this unchristian world, and he even knows about you and I today, 
And he knows that we will leave this place today, this house of God, as beloved children of God, and we'll go out there into a world that is increasingly hostile to Christ, his word, and his invitation for all people. But what we do now and how we live is not dependent on how the world receives us, whether they are friendly and receptive or not. It is simply how we live as this body, this building of Christ, for the glory of his name. And so we are subject to the government. We are careful to curb our sinful urges, both for the sake of others and for the name of Christ. We are subject to our earthly superiors, our masters at home and work. And if others do not do the same, if they repay you evil for good, if they do nothing but hurt you rather than help you, Peter says they did the same thing to Christ. But you have his grace. You have his care. You have each other. For he himself bore our sins on, the body, on his body on the tree of the cross to forgive us when sin controls us and when righteousness is not found even in our lips. By his wounds we are healed. And Peter reminds us, for we too were straying like sheep, but now we have returned to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. This is really fascinating, I think, in this chapter, because as he says that we go out into this hostile world, he does this all with the foundation that we are united together. I cannot tell you how many times people will call me up, send me an email, or they will simply stop in, and they will all of a sudden bring out all of this mess that's been going on in their life. But they don't want anybody to know about it. They don't want to be put on the prayer list. They don't want anybody else to hear about it in the church because somehow, some way, there has to be this keeping up with everybody else. This place, this building, this church is not a place of glory. It is a place where people come in who are broken with their crosses, with their sins, and where we are called to look upon them and to bear with them in their burdens. Not to say, well, I'm a better Christian than you are, or I do more, I serve more, I give more, but I am one who has been redeemed by the great shepherd and overseer of our souls, and you now are my brother and sister in Christ. I care for you and love for you just as I would somebody in my family, and that is what Peter says we are called to do today. And if you think about that for a moment, that love can be so incredibly strong and so incredibly powerful to influence and to move our communities that are seemingly bleak, broken, and weak. Peter says, though you come in week in and week out, returning to the shepherd and overseer. And at this end of this chapter, he introduces another image for us. Not only are you the stone and the building, you are also the flock of Jesus, the good shepherd. And no matter where you are or who is around you or how they are treating you, 
This good shepherd is watching over you and providing for you as one of his flock. You might feel isolated. You might feel alone. You might feel scattered and divided, but you are not. You live in a unity and fellowship that transcends all earthly boundaries and even the heavenly ones. For you are the people of God, each and every one of you. And you are where God wants you to be, right where you, he wants you to be, using you with how he wants you to be used, whether it's known or unknown. And so he says in all of this coming together, do not neglect the word of God, which he says is the pure spiritual milk that will sustain you and strengthen you and give you growth. He reminds us here tonight that as we come together as a living building, living stones, as people who are the flock of God, we gather around our good shepherd who prayed for us from the cross, who has welcomed us back into his flock and who reminds us that we are here not for ourselves, but for one another, just as he is for you. For we have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And we now are not just individuals left to fend for ourselves. We are a community. We are the body of Christ who take refuge and stand firm in Jesus, our foundation and our cornerstone. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.